Chapter 16, verses 1 through 15. Of Catina Aria, Commentary on the Four Gospels Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers, Volume 2, Gospel of St. John, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 16, verses 1 through 4. These things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues, yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. Augustine after the promise of the Holy Spirit to inspire them with strength to give witness, he adds, well, these things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be offended. For when the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given to us, then great peace have they that love God's law, and they are not offended at it. What they were about to suffer follows next. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Chrysostom, for the Jews had already agreed, if any confessed that he was Christ, that he should be put out of the synagogue. Augustine, but what evil was it to the apostles to be put out of the Jewish synagogues, which they would have gone out of, even if none had put them out? Our Lord wished to make known to them that the Jews were about not to receive him, while they, on the other hand, were not going to desert him. There was no other people of God besides the seed of Abraham. If they acknowledged Christ, the churches of Christ would be none other than the synagogues of the Jews. But inasmuch as they refused to acknowledge him, nothing remained but that they should put out of the synagogue those who would not forsake Christ. He adds, But the time cometh that whoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. This is intended for a consolation, as if they would so take to heart their expulsion from the synagogues, that death would be a positive relief to them after it. God forbid that they who sought God's glory, not men's, should be so disturbed. The meaning of the words is this, they shall put you out of the synagogue, but do not be afraid of being left alone. Separated from their assemblies, ye shall assemble so many in my name, that they fearing that the temple and the rites of the old law will be deserted will kill you, and think to do God service thereby, having a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. These who kill are the same with those who put out of the synagogues, viz. the Jews. For Gentiles would not have thought that they were doing God's service by killing Christ's witnesses, but their own false gods, whereas every one of the Jews who killed the preacher of Christ thought he was doing God's service, believing that whoever were converted to Christ deserted the God of Israel. Chrysostom. Then he consoles them, and all these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor me. As if he said, Let this consolation content you. Augustine. And he mentions these things beforehand, because trials, however soon to pass away, when they come upon men unprepared for them, 
are very overwhelming. But these things have I told you, that when the hour shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. The hour, the hour of darkness, the hour of night. But the night of the Jews was not allowed to mix with or darken the day of the Christians. Chrysostom. And he predicted these trials for another reason, viz. that they might not say that he had foreseen them, that ye may remember that I told you of them, or that he had only spoken to please them, and given false hopes. And the reason is added, why he did not reveal these things sooner. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you, because, that is, ye were in my keeping, and might ask when you pleased, and the whole battle rested upon me. There was no need then to tell you these things at the first, though I myself knew them. Augustine. In the other three evangelists, these predictions occur before the supper. John gives them after. Still, if they relate them as given very near his passion, that is enough to explain his saying, These things I said not unto you at the beginning. Matthew, however, relates these prophecies as given long before his passion, on the occasion of his choosing the twelve. How do we reconcile this with our Lord's words? By supposing them to apply to the promise of the Holy Spirit, and the testimony he would give amidst their suffering. This was what he had not told them at the beginning, that because he was with them, and his presence was a sufficient consolation, but as he was about to depart, it was meet that he should tell them of his coming, by whom the love of God would be shed abroad in their hearts, to preach the word of God with boldness. Chrysostom, or he had foretold that they should suffer scourgings, but not that their death could be thought doing God's service, which was the strongest thing of all. Or he there told them what they would suffer from the Gentiles, here, what from the Jews? Verses 5 through 11. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me, Whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and ye see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. Chrysostom. The disciples, not as yet perfect, being overcome by sorrow, our Lord blames and corrects them, saying, but now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me, Whither goest thou? They were so struck down at hearing that whosoever killed them would think that he was doing God's service, that they could say nothing. Wherefore he adds, But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your hearts. It was no small consolation to them to know that the Lord knew their superabundant sorrow, because of his leaving them, and because of the evils which they heard they were to suffer, but knew not whether they should suffer manfully. Augustine, or whereas they had asked him above whither he was going, 
and he had replied that he was going whither they would not come. Now he promises that he will go in such a way that no one will ask him whither he goeth, and none of you asketh me whither goest thou. Going up to heaven, they questioned him not in words, but followed with their eyes. But our Lord saw what effect his words would produce upon their minds, not having yet that inward consolation which the Holy Ghost was to impart. They were afraid to lose the outward presence of Christ. And so, when they could no longer doubt from his own words that they were going to lose him, their human affections were saddened for the loss of their visible object. Wherefore it follows, But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. But he knew that it would be for their good, forasmuch as that inward sight, wherewith the Holy Ghost would console them, was the better one. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. Chrysostom, as if he said, Though your grief be ever so great, ye must hear how it is profitable for you that I go away. What the profit is, he then shows. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. Augustine, this he says not on account of any inequality between the Word of God and the Holy Ghost, but because the presence of the Son of Man amongst them would impede the coming of the latter for the holy ghost did not humble himself as did the son by taking upon him the form of a servant it was necessary therefore that the form of the servant should be removed from their eyes for so long as they looked upon that they thought that christ was no more than what they saw him to be so it follows but if i depart i will send him unto you augustine but could he not send him while here, him whom we know came and abode on him at his baptism? Yea, him from whom we know he never could be separated. What meaneth then, if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you? But ye cannot receive the Spirit, so long as ye know Christ according to the flesh. Christ departing in the body, not the Holy Ghost only, but the Father, and the Son also come spiritually. Gregory, as if he said plainly, If I withdraw not my body from your eyes, I cannot lead you to the understanding of the invisible, through the comforting spirit. Augustine, the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, brought this, that the form of a servant which our Lord had received in the womb of the Virgin, being removed from the fleshly eye, he was manifested to the purified mental vision in the very form of God, in which he remained equal to the Father even while he denied to appear in the flesh. Chrysostom, what say they here who entertain unworthy notions of the Spirit? Is it expedient for the master to go away and the servant to come? He then shows the good that the Spirit will do, and when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. Augustine, but how is it that Christ did not reprove the world? Is it because Christ spoke among the Jews only, whereas the Holy Spirit poured it into his disciples throughout the whole world, reproved not one nation only, but the world? But who would dare to say that the Holy Ghost reproved the world by Christ's disciples, and that Christ did not, when the Apostle exclaims, Do ye seek a proof of Christ speaking in me? 
those then whom the Holy Ghost reproves, Christ reproves also. He shall reprove the world, means he shall pour love into your hearts, insomuch that fear being cast out, ye shall be free to reprove. He then explains what he has said, of sin because they believed not in me. He mentions this as the sin above all others, because while it remains, the others are retained. When it departs, the others are remitted. Augustine. But it makes a great difference whether one believes in Christ or only that he is Christ. For that he was Christ, even the devils believed. But he believes in Christ, who both hopes in Christ and loves Christ. Augustine. The world is reproved of sin because it believes not in Christ and reproved of righteousness, the righteousness of those that believe. The very contrast of the believing is the censure of the unbelieving, of righteousness because I go to the Father, as it is the common objection of unbelievers. How can we believe what we do not see? So the righteousness of believers lies in this, because I go to the Father, and ye see me no more. For blessed are they which see not and believe. The faith even of those who saw Christ is praised, not because they believed what they saw, i.e. the Son of Man, but because they believed what they saw not, i.e. the Son of God. And when the form of the servant was withdrawn from their sight altogether, then only was fulfilled in the completeness the text, the just liveth by faith. It will be your righteousness then, of which the world will be reproved, that ye shall believe in me, not seeing me, and when ye shall see me, ye shall see me not as I shall be, not as I am now with you, i.e., ye shall not see me mortal, but everlasting. For in saying, ye see me no more, he means that they should see him no more forever. Augustine. Or thus, they believe not, he went to the Father, theirs therefore was the sin, his the righteousness but that he came from the Father to us was mercy, that he went to the Father was righteousness. According to the saying of the Apostle, Wherefore God hath highly exalted him. But if he went to the Father alone, what profit is it to us? Is he not alone, rather in the sense of being with all his members, as the head is with the body? So when the world is reproved of sin, in those who believe not in Christ and of righteousness, in those who rise again in the members of Christ. It follows of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged, i.e. the devil, the prince of the wicked, who in heart dwell only in this world which they love. He is judged in that he is cast out, and the world is reproved of this judgment. For it is vain for one who does not believe in Christ to complain of the devil, whom judged, i.e. cast out and permitted to attack us from without, only for our trial, not men only, but women, boys, and girls, have by martyrdom overcome. Augustine, or is judged, i.e. is destined irrevocably for the punishment of eternal fire, and of this judgment is the world reproved, in that it is judged with its prince, the proud and ungodly one whom it intimates. Let men therefore believe in Christ, lest they be reproved of the sin of unbelief, by which all sins are retained. Pass over to the number of the believing, lest they be reproved of the righteousness 
of those whom justified they do not intimate. Beware of the judgment to come, lest with the prince of this world whom they intimate they too be judged. Chrysostom, or thus, shall reprove the world of sin, i.e. cut off all excuse, and show that they have sinned unpardonably and not believing in me. Then they see the ineffable gift of the Holy Ghost, obtained by calling upon me. Augustine, in this way too, the Holy Ghost reproved the world of sin, i.e. by the mighty works he did in the name of the Savior, who was condemned by the world. The Savior, his righteousness retained, feared not to return to him who sent him, and, in that he returned, proved that he had come from him, of righteousness because I go to the Father. Chrysostom, i.e., my going to the Father will be a proof that I have led an irreproachable life, so that they will not be able to say, This man is a sinner, this man is not from God. Again, inasmuch as I conquered the devil, which no one who was a sinner could do, they cannot say that I have a devil, and am a deceiver. But, as he hath condemned by me, they shall be assured that they shall trample upon him afterwards. Yet my resurrection will show that he was not able to detain me. Augustine, the devil seeing souls go from hell to heaven, knew that the prince of this world was judged, and being brought to trial in the Savior's cause, had lost all right to what he held. This was seen on our Savior's ascension, but was declared plainly and openly in the descent of the Holy Ghost on the disciples. Verses 12 through 15. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take of mine, and I shall show it unto you. Theophylact. Our Lord having said above, it is expedient for you that I go away. He enlarges now upon it. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Augustine. All heretics, when their fables are rejected for their extravagance by the common sense of mankind, try to defend themselves by this text, as if these were the things which the disciples could not at this time bear, or as if the Holy Spirit could teach things which even the unclean spirit is ashamed openly to teach and preach. But bad doctrines, such as even natural shame cannot bear, are one thing, good doctrines, such as our poor natural understanding, cannot bear are another. The one are allied by the shameless body, the other lie far beyond the body. But what are these things which they could not bear? I cannot mention them for this very reason, for who of us dare call himself able to receive what they could not? Someone will say, indeed, that many, now that the Holy Ghost has been sent, can do what Peter could not then, as earn the crown of martyrdom. But do we therefore know what those things were, which he was unable to communicate? 
For it seems most absurd to suppose that the disciples were not able to bear then the great doctrines that we find in the apostolic epistles, which were written afterwards, which our Lord is not said to have spoken to them. For why could they not bear then what everyone now reads and bears in their writings, even though he may not understand? Men of perverse sects indeed cannot bear what is found in Holy Scripture concerning the Catholic faith, as we cannot bear their sacrilegious vanities. For not to bear means not to acquiesce in. But what believer or even catechumen, before he has been baptized and received the Holy Ghost, does not acquiesce in and listen to, even if he does not understand all that was written after our Lord's ascension? But some will say, Do spiritual men never hold doctrines which they do not communicate to carnal men? but due to spiritual. There is no necessity why any doctrines should be kept secret from the babes and revealed to the grown-up believers. Spiritual men ought not altogether to withhold spiritual doctrines from the carnal, seeing the Catholic faith ought to be preached to all, nor at the same time should they lower them in order to accommodate them to the understanding of persons who cannot receive them and so make their own preaching contemptible, rather than the truth intelligible. So then, we are not to understand these words of our Lord to refer to certain secret doctrines, which, if the teacher revealed, the disciple would not be able to bear, but to those very things in religious doctrine which are within the comprehension of all of us. If Christ chose to communicate these to us in the same way in which he does to the angels, what men, ye, what spiritual men, which the apostles were not now, could bear them. For indeed everything which can be known of the creature is inferior to the Creator, and yet who is silent about them? While in the body we cannot know all truth, as the apostle says, we know in part, but the Holy Spirit sanctifying us fits us for enjoying that fullness of which the same apostle says, then face to face. Our Lord's promise, but when he, the Spirit of truth, shall come, he shall teach you all truth, or shall lead you into all truth, does not refer to this life only, but to the life to come, for which this complete fullness is reserved. The Holy Spirit both teaches believers now all the spiritual things which they are capable of receiving, and also kindles in their hearts a desire to know more. Didymus or he means that his hearers had not yet attained to all those things which, for his name's sake, they were able to bear. So, revealing lesser things, he puts off the greater for a future time, such things as they could not understand, till the cross itself of their crucified head had been their instruction. As yet they were slaves to the types and shadows and images of the law, and could not bear the truth of which the law was as the shadow. When the Holy Ghost came, he would lead them by his teaching and discipline into all truth, transferring them from the dead letter to the quickening spirit, in whom alone all scripture truth presides. Chrysostom, having said then, ye cannot bear them now, but then ye shall be able, and the Holy Spirit shall lead you into all truth, lest this should make them suppose that the Holy Spirit was the superior, he adds, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Augustine, 
This is like what he said of himself above, i.e., I can of mine own self do nothing, as I hear I judge. But what may be understood of him as man? How must we understand this of the Holy Ghost, who never became a creature by assuming a creature, as meaning that he is not from himself? The Son is born of the Father, and the Holy Ghost proceeds from the Father. In what the difference consists between proceeding and being born, it would require a long time to discuss, and would be rash to define. But to hear with him, to know, to know to be, as then he is not from himself, but from him from whom he proceeds, from whom his being is, from the same is his knowledge, from the same therefore his hearing. The Holy Ghost then always hears, because he always knows, and he hath heard, hears, and will hear from him from whom he is. Didymus, he shall not speak of himself, i.e. not without me, and mine and the Father's will, because he is not of himself, but from the Father and me, that he exists, and that he speaks, he hath from the Father and me. I speak the truth, i.e., I inspire as well as speak by him, since he is the spirit of truth. To say and to speak in the Trinity must not be understood according to our usage, but according to the usage of incorporeal natures, and especially the Trinity, which implants its will in the hearts of believers, and of those who are worthy to hear it. For the Father then to speak and the Son to hear is a mode of expressing the identity of their nature and their agreement. Again, the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of Truth and the Spirit of Wisdom, cannot hear from the Son that he does not know, seeing he is the very thing which is produced from the Son, i.e. truth proceeding from truth, comforter from comforter, God from God. Lastly, lest anyone should separate him from the will and society of the Father and the Son, it is written, Whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Augustine, but it does not follow from hence that the Holy Spirit is inferior, for it is only signified that he proceeded from the Father. Augustine, nor let the use of the future tense perplex you, that hearing is eternal, because the knowledge is eternal. To that which is eternal, without beginning and without end, a verb of any tense may be applied. For though an unchangeable nature does not admit of was and shall be, but only is, yet it is allowable to say of it was and is and shall be, was because it never began, shall be because it never shall end, is because it always is. Didymus, by the spirit of truth, too, the knowledge of future events hath been granted to holy men. Prophets filled with this spirit foretold and saw things to come, as if they were present, and he will show you things to come. Bede, it is certain that many filled with the grace of the Holy Spirit have foreknown future events, but as gifted saints have never had this power, the words, he will show you things to come, may be taken to mean, bring back to your mind the joys of your heavenly country. He did, however, inform the apostles of what was to come, viz. of the evils that they would have to suffer for Christ's sake, and the good things they would receive in recompense. Chrysostom. In this way, then, he raised their spirits, for there is nothing for which mankind so longed as the knowledge of the future. 
he relieves them of all anxiety on this account by showing that dangers would not fall upon them unawares than to show that he could have told them all the truth into which the holy spirit would lead them he adds he shall glorify me augustine by pouring love into the hearts of believers and making them spiritual and so able to see what the son whom they had known before only according to the flesh and thought a man like themselves was equal to the father or certainly because that love filling them with boldness and casting out fear they proclaimed christ to men and so spread his fame throughout the whole world for what they were going to do in the power of the holy ghost this the holy ghost says he does himself chrysostom and because he had said ye have one master even christ that they might not be prevented by this from admitting the holy ghost as well he adds for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you didymus to receive must be taken here in a sense agreeable to the divine nature as the son in giving is not deprived of what he gives nor imparts to others with any loss of his own so too the holy ghost does not receive what before he had not for if he received what before he had not the gift being transferred to another the giver would be thereby a loser we must understand then that the holy ghost receives from the son that which belonged to his nature and that there are not two substances implied one giving and the other receiving but one substance only in like manner the son too is said to receive from the father that wherein he himself subsists for neither is the son anything but what is given him by the father nor the holy ghost any substance but that which is given to him by the son augustine but it is not true as some heretics have thought that because the son receives from the father the holy ghost from the son as if by gradation that therefore the holy spirit is inferior to the son he himself solves this difficulty and explains his own words all things that the father hath are mine therefore said i that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you didymus as if he said although the spirit of truth proceeds from the father yet all things that the father hath are mine and even the spirit of the father is mine and receiveth of mine but beware when thou hearest this that thou think not it is a thing or procession which the father and son have that which the father hath according to his substance i e his eternity immutability goodness it is this which the son hath also away with the cavils of logicians who say therefore the father is the son had he said indeed all that god hath are mine impiety might have taken occasion to raise its head but when he saith all things that the father hath are mine by using the name of the father he declareth himself the son and being the son he usurpeth not the paternity though by the grace of adoption he is the father of many saints hilary our lord therefore hath not left it uncertain whether the paraclete be from the father or from the son for he is sent by the son and proceedeth from the father both these he receives from the son you ask whether to receive from the son and to proceed from the father to be the same thing 
certainly to receive from the son must be thought one and the same thing with receiving from the father for when he says all things that the father hath are mine therefore said i that he shall receive of mine he showeth herein that the things are received from him because all things which the father hath are his but that they are received from the father also this unity hath no diversity nor doth it matter from whom the thing is received since that which is given by the father is counted also as given by the son end of chapter sixteen verses one through fifteen